0: Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nickel. And tell show. We're talking about the best of the best. Yes, we're looking at the most expensive, the cheapest suburbs in New Zealand and also those that increased, decreased in value the most in 2023 and the highest and lowest yielding suburbs. And Andrew, what is the purpose of looking at this report, which is released
1: every single year by CoreLogic? So this shows the principles that we talk about on the show. So we talk about what to look for and what makes an area a good place to invest. And then we see these principles play out in this report. So let's start
0: with the most expensive properties
1: in New Zealand. And
0: again, they are all in Auckland. But take notice of some of the really large value drops that we see here. So last year, Hearn Bay had an average value of almost $3.7 million. Twelve months later, the average value in Hearn Bay has gone down over $500,000. So we've seen property prices drop almost 14% in Hearn Bay. Average property price there is now just under $3.2 million. Now, property prices obviously are still very expensive there, but man, that
1: drop of half a million dollars, that could potentially play on your mind. It's a, a lot bit. of money, isn't it? Especially if you'd only bought that property at the peak of the market and now you've eroded all your deposit potentially. I mean, I, probably the people that are buying those properties have got more cash than that, but You know, you could easily see how that would affect you mentally. Half a million bucks, massive amount of money. Second most expensive
0: suburb is St. Mary's Bay, also in Auckland. This has dropped out of the $3 million suburb range. So back last year, average property value in St. Mary's Bay was, again, just a touch over $3 million. It's now dropped in value by almost $400,000, down at about 2.7 mil on average. So... Back last year, there were two $3 million suburbs. Now, St. Mary's Bay has dropped out of the running. That's followed by Remuera, Westmere, and also Ponsonby, all of those well over the $2 million mark. But average property owner there over the last year has lost over $200,000 in each of those suburbs. So some really interesting and quite large changes there. And the reason I want to point that out is not necessarily that I, I, I want to make a big deal about rich people losing money, but it's about, I want you to compare that to
1: what happened at the more affordable end of town. Well, the more affordable suburbs didn't go down as much in value. And in fact, Cobden and the West Coast, that went up in value by 6,600. Now, the biggest fall was a place called Pātea. Yeah, Pātea, that's in South Taranaki, only about 20 minutes south of my hometown. And that was 5%, which totaled about $15,000. So again, not that drastic a fall. The most important thing here is not necessarily the dollar amount, but actually the percentages as well. So what you tend to see is that the big expensive places fall faster than the very, very cheap places because house prices are lower, so you don't need as much of a mortgage, so you don't need to earn as much, it's more affordable, so there's more people available to buy that property. Whereas a big expensive home, you kind of need a couple of rich people to buy that property and bid the prices up. So those cheaper prices, the more affordable prices, there tend to be more people to keep that price up. And
0: even if you just look at those percentages, so Part here of the most affordable suburbs in the country, only fell by 5%. You know, Blaketown, also in the West Coast, only fell by 2.6%. Wairoa, that's up in the Hawke's Bay, only fell by 3.1%. Now compare that to those more expensive suburbs, Hearn Bay, which fell 14%, St Mary's 12%, Westmere 12%, Ponsonby 10%. So you do tend to see that the expensive properties, those values can vary quite quickly, whereas on the more affordable end of town, prices tend to be more stable. Again, many people can afford to purchase there, and so demand can still be relatively resilient. Now, if we think about where are those cheap and expensive places to buy, if you're thinking about investing, well, again, the most expensive areas are going to be in Auckland. Most of them are going to be in central Auckland, those richer suburbs with big grand houses, it's going to be Mission Bay, it's going to be Orake, it's going to be Koimarama. Whereas if we think about those cheaper suburbs, three of them are on the West Coast, two of them are in Invercargill, and two of them are in South Taranaki, and then a collection of other small towns and small regions. But if you're looking for the cheapest of the cheap in New Zealand, it is going to be in the West Coast, where you can still buy a property for $260,000, or in Patea, we can buy a property for $300,000 in South Taranaki. There's not going to be that many tenants around. They're going to be in really small towns. The properties aren't going to be in the flashiest condition because if properties are cheap, people don't tend to maintain them. But that is where the cheapest properties are going to tend to be. Now, I'm really interested as well, Andrew, in where the highest and lowest yielding
1: suburbs are in the country. So last year's winners, the highest gross yield was Cobden at 7.7%, quite a huge yield. Well, that's the West Coast for you. Yeah, and then the lowest gross yield was Herne Bay at 1%. Now, these have been knocked off their pedestal. So the highest gross yield now, really interesting. Wanganui at 8.5%. Lowest gross yield is still in Auckland, but now it's in Whitford, which is a rural part of Auckland. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's kind of southish Auckland. Lots of big grand houses out there, relatively rural. And that's 1.1%. Now, it's really interesting that when you're looking at those numbers as well, I think you just want to sense check this and maybe dig into the data a little bit more. Now they may have changed their methodology and I'll have to check this out with my good mate Nick Goodall because if I just put the numbers in, according to CoreLogic in November 2023, the average value in Wanganui Central is about $390,000 and if you say, okay, gross yield of 8.5%, that implies a rent of about $635 a week, which is pretty high for Wanganui Central. I know that according to Tenancy Services the median rent there is about $420. So not quite matching up there, but they may be using a different methodology to create this. Similarly, if I look at Whitford, according to OneRoof, the average property value in Whitford is about $2.5 million. A 1.1% gross yield implies a rent of $540. So almost $100 less per week than what' going to be central. There can't be many rentals out there. Well, that's where you've got to Just before you go out and buy a whole heap of properties in Wanganui Central and sell your properties in Whitford, thinking they're bad investments, you've just got to ask yourself, is it realistic that a property that's worth $390,000 in Wanganui would rent for $635 a week, whereas a $2.5 million property in Whitford would rent for $100 a week less, $540 a week. Probably unlikely, so I might get in contact with my good mate Nick from Core Logic just to understand. Well, how are you guys calculating those those numbers? Because again, a three hundred ninety thousand dollars property in one going to be renting for six hundred thirty five dollars a week. That sounds a little bit unrealistic and definitely more on the high end compared to what I'd expect. Is that fair,
1: or am I being a bit mean there, Andrew? No, I think that's fair.
0: So Andrew, how do those highest and lowest
1: yielding suburbs in the country compare to last year? So again, a bit of a change. Last year, they were mainly in Invercargill in the West Coast and Southland. This year, they're all over the show. So even Wellington Central gets a mention with an average of 8% gross yield, which is really interesting because Wellington has historically been quite high yielding. So certainly with a city apartment living, you can imagine that those yields are quite a lot higher. What's interesting is
0: that those other high yielding Places are spread around the country, so Nui, which is in the Ruapehu District, 7.3% gross yield, Kaikaui in the far north district, that gets a mention, Castle Cliff, which is in Wanganui, that also gets a bit of a mention, so it starts to be a bit more spread around the country. I also want to talk about the areas that increased and decreased in value the most. So if we're looking at where increased the most in value over the last 12 months in 2023, a lot of suburbs in Queenstown get a mention. Places like Sunshine Bay, Lake Hayes Estate, and also out in Albert Town. Now, Andrew, what's one of the main reasons that Queenstown might
1: feature on this list? I think because there's a lot of Airbnb properties and short-term accommodation. So you've got fewer rentals, so there's a lot more competition. Okay, so
0: that might help prices go up. Other main thing I want you guys to think about is, well, how much did house prices fall, right? House prices in Queenstown basically didn't fall that much during the downturn, right? And so even if you see a 2% increase in house prices in Queenstown, well, because prices didn't fall that much, well, that 2% increase isn't that much year on year, but it's still going to be larger compared to some of those areas that still continue to fall at least in the first half of 2023. Whereas if we look at the areas that have fallen in value the most, a lot of them are either in Auckland or Wellington. So places like Glendowie or Ostend, which is out on Waiheke Island, or Matakana, some of those bigger, more expensive areas fell in value quite a bit. Same with some places in Wellington, because we know Wellington has been quite hit by the property market downturn. So a lot of those things we've talked about on the show over time, about how Queenstown's been relatively resilient. Auckland and Wellington, they've fallen in value quite quickly. Those things we've talked about all year, we see it coming back in the wrap up when we think about the best of the best report. Now, if you want to download this, you can get it absolutely free just on the Core Logic website. If producer David reminds me, I'll put that link down in the show notes so you can go and download that as well. One other thing I want to mention is that if you're thinking about investing as we get into 2024, one of the big questions a lot of property investors ask me is, can I actually afford an investment property? And so we've put together a quiz and calculator and updated it based on the latest bank rules we've got access to. This way, in 60 seconds, you can get a quick ballpark about whether you might be able to afford an investment property or not. If you want to test out, go to opuspartners.co.nz slash 2024. The link's also down in the show notes so you're able to get access to that. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Knight, And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New property market. Until next time.